welcome to Will Make a Disney Out of You, the podcast where we take a deep dive into all things Disney and what they mean to us. Each week, we will be reacquainting ourselves with a classic Disney movie and sharing all the Disney info and Easter eggs we can find with you. Hello, hello, and welcome to another week of We'll Make a Disney Out of You. How are you, John? I'm very well, thank you very much. Um, it's been like... It's been, what, an hour? An hour? <laughs> since we last spoke. So we are recording two episodes in one day in person, Ooh. which is lovely. Um, which everyone ever listened last week knows. Um, we also said, so we keep talking about this movie. We keep finding when we're doing our, our deep dives mm, um, deep that dive. loads of people in films that we've covered have been in this little short film called Goliath 2, which is actually, we found, called Goliath the Second. Um, so, Tom found it online, didn't you? We've had a little watch. We did, just now. So I'm going to give a little summary of Goliath 2, which I've got off IMDb, I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> so Goliath the second is a six-inch tall elephant, son of the huge Goliath. He's a big disappointment to his father, but mom, mom, ugh, uh. mum is proud of Goliath II anyway. Goliath II is constantly getting into trouble because he's so small. In particular, the tiger, Raja, looks for every opportunity to try a bite-sized taste of elephant. After one incident where he ran away and his mother scolded him, he runs away. After he's rescued, the rest of the elephants are terrified of a mouse, but Goliath II stands his ground. It's basically it. Yeah, that is it. And you know what? It was a pretty fucking perilous 12 minutes. Yeah. It's full on. But I remembered watching it as a child. That was so weird. So every time we've talked about it, I've been like, what the fuck is this Is this film? And it, the second it started, I thought, fuck, I've watched this. When so I was a tiny wee nipper. I had never watched it. But also from watching it, you go, I recognise that bit. Yeah. I recognise that bit. Oh, I've seen that bit before. They reuse so many bits in it later either, movies, don't they? They'd got it from films like Dumbo and yeah. Alice in Wonderland. Or they had got it from, uh, they reused it later yeah. in Jungle Book. and um, That bit just... with the elephants where they all bump yeah, into yeah, each other yeah, yeah. is literally reused. Oh, they also got stuff from Peter Pan as well. So the yeah. crocodile, like, in the lake. It was the exact same crocodile. hands. It's hilarious. Well. I know, I loved it. I thought it was really cute, actually. It is really cute. And I liked Little Goliath. I thought he was really cute as well. And was also, so our, um, the main person who um, narrated the, um, the, the short was uh, Sterling Holloway again. So yeah. it's Winnie the Pooh. And you can tell, actually, can't you? Yeah. Because it, that's apparently his actual voice. That's his voice. <laughs> Which um, I never thought. You know, you always think, I don't know, because like with um, doing the research into um, Snow White and finding out that that obviously was not her voice, she put on a voice. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. kind of assume when it's a slightly more affected voice like that, but that it's isn't their voice. voice. Yeah, that was his voice. That's his voice. Um, <clears throat> and also, it was directed again by Wolfgang Reitherman. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. One day we'll One find of the out nine how you men. actually pronounce that. I'm sure it's, so, I'm a year two teacher. I teach phonics. <laughs> So phonetically going, speaking, <clears throat> it phonetically is. Phonetically speaking, it's. Or is it? Hang what on. is it? Reitherman. <laughs> right, uh, it's it's Reitherman. Could that it just makes Raitherman? me think of a writhing man. Is it an A? It might be Raitherman. 
might be Ravenman. See, we don't know. We'll look it up. But anyway. We'll find out. But, anyway. so, if people want to watch it, it's called Goliath the Second, and it's available on, was it on YouTube you found it's it? It's on YouTube. The whole yeah. thing is 12 on minutes. YouTube. It's cute. It's very of a time. It came out in the I have a few trivia bits. Tell me. I have a few trivia bits. So, um, as I said, the crocodile is TikTok from um, Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Um, friend Al from Bambi. Um, who also because was the owl? It's the same sequence that the owl in Sleeping Beauty, yeah, um, and the Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Yes, they're all the same as the owl in this. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Oh, I actually have seen that. Have you? Yeah, mm. right. So this film, I didn't think I had, and then did a little watch. Anyway, so this film was released alongside a Disney live action called Toby Tyler. I'd never heard of this film. I've never heard of it either. So it was Toby Tyler or Ten Weeks with a Circus. Um Was it a hit? I don't think so. So the box office was three three million one hundred thousand reception. Um the kids will love Toby Tyler and his friend circus, leave it to the shrewd old. Mm, I don't think so. I mean it's not lasted past the sixties. No. Um, oh, it was it was put on DVD in two thousand and five though. I mean, it's not going to be on Disney Plus, is it? No, it's There's not. a thing. It's not. So yeah, I mean, this is one of the shorts that came out before other Disney films, um, and I mean, none of the cast went on to do very much. Um, so yeah, it's it was never a big thing that came out on its own. I would say probably this film didn't actually go further than the 60s because I think there's the use of live animals as circus entertainment. Yeah. A little bit frowned upon, isn't it? Yeah, so I would say... For a good reason, for good reason. Very good reason. So yeah, I can see why that didn't go past the 60s. Anyway, we've watched it now, so every time we find someone else that's that's attached to it, we know what we're talking about. I kind of love that. Um, Right, I wanted to talk to you about something I've been watching recently on Disney+. All right. right. Have you been watching... uh, National Treasure. No, I didn't the watch TV any of the series. Films. Have you not? <gasps> Have not you really not? No. Oh my god, they're actually really, really good. Like legit oh, no. good. Right, I never watched them. Uh, they weren't really my era. They were Liam's. As we know, he's three hundred years younger than me. He's not. He's fourteen years younger than me. Um, and he loves them. And we watched them. I don't know, maybe a month ago. And actually, they're brilliant. They're really, really, really good. And they are like Indiana Jones light. Okay? Okay. And Nicolas Cage is actually amazing, but I kind of love him anyway in a weird way. Um, this is a spin off TV series. Um, and we read a few reviews when it first came out, and it was a little bit slated, and it was a bit like, kind of like Indiana Jones, light, light, light. Um, right, okay. But we kind of thought, eh, we'll give it a go, we'll give it a go. Isn't Helen Mirren in there? Um, in one of them? Yes. But is she, yeah, no, she is. Yes, yeah, she is in an episode. Yeah, yeah. In an episode, she's, I'm sure she's in. One of the films? Um, no, she's in the film. Yeah, not the episode. Sorry. I'm thinking of... They've got... Yeah, she is. She's in the second film. Right. Um, but this has Love got her. Catherine Zeta-Jones as the antagonist. <laughs> and she's fucking amazing. Really? She actually she is. Because she wasn't particularly you know good in Wednesday. I yeah, but do you know what? In this, she's Welsh. 
Oh, is she amazing? Well, so she actually speaks with her her natural accent, not her one that she speaks on the red carpet in. Is it really bad that when I think of Catherine Zeta-Jones, I don't think of her as Catherine Zeta-Jones. I think of um, Dawn French. French is, I know, what is it? It's like... (laughs) When she pretends to be like like the alternative queen speech that Channel 4 did. What's the name of it? It's like... Liam always gets it right. I always think it's Bodicea, but it's not. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Zeta Zeta Douglas Jones. It's so, Um, so funny. So funny. Um, Anyway, she's the antagonist in this, and it's actually really, really good. And it's got a couple of characters from the films, which there's no point me telling you about because you haven't seen the films. Watch them because they're brilliant. And they're also doing... I have decided because literally... Over the last couple of weeks, everyone going, yeah, you need to watch this, watch this, watch this, watch that, and then you need to watch this. Yeah. And literally, I lose track. This is... is I've started a watch list. Do it. National Treasure, number one. Yes. (laughs) In fact, if you write Goliath the second as number one, you can tick it off straight away. Love doing that on a on a watch on a to do list. Um, Yeah, watch it because it's it's actually really good fun. Um, And I hope they do do another season of it, and it kind of spins off, and it is linked to the films, which I really love. And on that on this point, where are you on Clone Wars now? Um, it's not Clone Wars, it's Rebels, and we haven't watched oh, Rebels. any more recently at all. You've watched we've all got of Clone Wars, this. haven't you? Yeah, 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 that was so amazing. So you watching Bad Batch? No, we're just watching Rebels, but we haven't had chance. Like, it's been a whole, life's been very, very busy. Um, Bad Batch has just got very good. So they? I, the last this first is season of, two, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, first couple of episodes I was like, oh God, it's like going back to the early seasons of Clone Wars where it was just for children. And then... They've just done one episode. I'm like, whoa, this is so good. I'm so excited. Okay. So but it's very, very linked, isn't it? To stuff. It's very, very linked to Clone Wars. Literally, because yeah. Clone Wars finishes away. and it, it carries on. Because we saw the Bad Batch in a couple of episodes of the Clone Wars anyway, didn't we? In the we last did, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I don't great, know, cause... do you need to know much about... Do you need to watch Rebels to watch Bad Batch? Probably not. No, but we need to finish Rebels. We need to finish I, Rebels. Basically, we want to watch Rebels because it's going to lead into Ahsoka. Yeah, you that's need, the big thing. You do need to watch Rebels. And of course, Ahsoka is going to be fucking astounding. I just need you to watch all the Rebels so I can talk to you about it because I literally can't talk to anyone about it. Okay, well, Martin doesn't I, give a shit. I love like, it. Liam loves it. We will, okay. but I think I found out a spoiler about it about someone dying. So. I need to just not even think about it. And I can't even look at you when I say it. it. I know, because I'm like, no! Um, anyway, the other thing we're watching on Disney Plus at the moment, which I am fucking loving, is Modern Family. I'm okay. Have you not watched it? I watched this, this sitcom that was out, yeah. out like 10 years ago. No. No. Well, yeah, it started 10 It went for 11 years. Oh, did it? Yeah. So it only finished in 2020. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I've, you know, I've watched a couple of episodes. It's one of those ones that we started watching it, and I was like, "Yeah, cool." It's the one that spoofed on One Division, isn't it? The last, the last episode of One Division, where it's like the sitcoms, when she's like the episode that's like the last. So they love the nineteen nineties episode, then it's the two yeah. thousands. That's a spoof of Modern Family, where it's like, is it? I thought yeah, that was Math in the Middle, wasn't it? Or the Middle that was spoofing. I think it's doing a lot of it because it it, it Modern cuts Family to, cuts to interviews of yeah. White Wonder like it does on Modern Family because they get interviewed don't they, as if it's like almost like a mockumentary. Yeah, true. Okay, yeah, fine. That makes more sense now. Hadn't watched Modern Family at the time. Yes, you're right. So we've been watching it. The only thing that I'm finding really bizarre is that we're kind of binging it. So we're watching like two or three episodes a night. Okay. And of course it goes on for 11 years. And there are children in it. So suddenly these children have aged over the period of about three weeks. <laughs> and now one of them's pregnant. Oh my God. <laughs> because she's actually like 27. <laughs> it's like, what really? the fuck? Um, but it's really, really funny. 
Um, and randomly, one of the main characters in it, the mum, one of the mums, um, Claire, who is played by Julie Bowen, um, has got a podcast that I've got really, oh. really, really into called Quitters. And it's just about people who have quit something. And I can really relate to it because <laughs> I've quit some things in my life from my debauched youth. Um, and it kind of just makes you think more about other things in life that you have quit, like maybe certain toxic relationships. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, jobs that maybe you didn't realise were such a big thing that you left them for a reason and stuff like that. It's an interesting podcast. Maybe have a listen if you want to sink into something a little bit deeper. Just saying. So, talk about podcasts. I was on a podcast this week. <laughs> Not just this podcast, by Not the way. He's actually talking about another podcast. So, a story about a dating story was on uh, Mr. P's. <laughs> what was that? Because that was amazing. Hilariously, was in Wallingford. The date was in Wallingford. Really? In the, pub, the boat pub by the um, river. <laughs> He lives so, so he this lives podcast, here. this podcast that Tom had a little story featured on, is um, it was the dating it's a teach- thing. Wasn't it? well, it's a teachery. It's a, it basically is a teaching podcast. So the two guys that run it, Mr. P, he became really famous during lockdown. Cool. With their, um, do you remember the Magic Key books, the Oxford Reading Tree books? No. no? Um, there, basically, he would like read one of the books on yeah. over like. A, TikTok or whatever, cool. and um, basically take the mick out of like basically this teacher is like the worst teacher in the world. But she's like, oh yeah, let's just go home and just do some coloring, like it just yeah. Anyway, um, so he's I love him. He's hysterical and he's like become huge and like he's using his current fame to like support teachers and oh, do lots cool. of really good work. Um, and yeah, he told the story of a time when. I went on a date and this man told me that he had, he lived in a tent but had like, he converted his barn so that he could house his hundred snakes. What the fuck? I used to have snakes. But a hundred? No, absolutely not. And you know what? Sasha and I both had really short sidebar. Sasha and I both got snakes because we thought it was really cool. And then we realised you shouldn't be scared of your pets and we got rid of them. Yeah, They were fucking exactly. terrifying. You can't cuddle a snake. No. It doesn't work like that. You know when you see these pictures of people like holding snakes in their hands off? I've got pictures of me doing it. It's not nice. They're not, they don't snuggle you. They no. can bite you and stuff. And we got bitten one too many times. We're like, fuck that shit. They're going. Got rid. And this guy had about over 100. 100. Is Just, that allowed? I don't know. Probably had a special licence. Yeah, How many in... dates did you have? Just one. Just the one? Just oh, the one. that's funny. Funny that. But the only reason why I went on it is because all my colleagues at work were like, you need to go and meet this guy. We need to know more. You need to go. What was the tent like? I don't know. I mean, I never Didn't went. go that far. No. Didn't go that far. No. So, no. yeah, we didn't get further than sitting in the garden. Did you see pub. the snakes? No. No. <laughs> I mean, it's a line. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's been my week. My lovely half term week. Oh, yeah, you've had half term. Oh, it's been glorious. Done very little. Well, good. You but, deserve yeah. to do very little. Been doing You're working incredibly work hard. But yeah, it's just been nice to not do very much. I'm not going to lie. You're very lucky. Mm. Luckily for me, it has been busy at work and I like that. Good. Never going to knock it, but I am off for a few it's days gonna be next busy. week. It's going to be busy over the next couple of weeks going back. But yes. Let me tell you. <laughs> Actually, what we're going to be talking about today. Oh! 
very excited. What film are we talking about? <laughs> this today? is the problem. So because we've done two in a day, we're now in a weird little slumpy thing where I'm like, I'm quite tired. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Right, okay. This is a kind of a mega one as well, and I love it. Um, as I mentioned last week, we are going to be talking about the princess and the frog. Da da da. Yes. I love it. It's so good. I really love it. And Tom was re-watching it when I got here today and it is it's such a gorgeous little film. Actually. It is so lovely. It's really beautifully animated. Mm-hmm. I love the music. I yes. love Tiana. I think yes. she's great. I even love Naveen. Sometimes he's annoying, mm-hmm. but actually quite enjoy him. More as a frog. Yes. Just yeah. saying. Um, there are loads of little characters in it actually that stand out, which I love because it's like an ensemble piece. It is. And that works for me. Let me tell you about it. Go for it. Right, it was released uh, December the 10th in 2009. Wow. So what are we? 13? So, wow. I was a year out of uni. So would you, So you, did you watch this first time around? Or no? No, I didn't. I think I watched it around that time, but I didn't go to cinema to see it. Right. I did. Did you? Yeah, I did, because I think this was a real... I don't know, it, stu- it stood out to me for many reasons, um, but I loved it and I was really drawn to it. So it came out uh, December the 10th, 2009. It had a budget of £105 million, which is, to me, in my That's mind, huge. That is a lot. When you think about it, when we talk about Aristocats, they had a budget of £4 million. Mm, I know. However, box office, £271 million. Good. So, well, mmm... It's got to do. It's got to do Dublin a bit more. So it was a. It's a moderate hit. Okay. But wasn't a mega hit, and could have been a mega hit, and then it was fucking gazumped by Avatar. Oh really? Yeah. So that was that one. So basically, Avatar came out the following week. Jesus. So it made all its money in that first week, and then just everyone. I well, this mean, is what th- the thing as well, because it was also that period, wasn't it, where Disney were just like, yeah, don't like two D animation anymore. Yeah. And so they, they did this, and I love that they did this, and I'll go into kind of like how it came about. Um, but I just thought that was a real shame. But of course now, Disney and Avatar. Yeah. So that's never going to happen win, again, win, is win. it? Um, and also I do love Avatar as well, so hey, that's the thing. Um, it was directed by our lovely friends. Oh, That's not right. <laughs> Ron Clements. John Musker and Ron Clements. Clements. That's right, Ron. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've written it wrong, guys. I've written John and John. Uh, Ron Clements and John Mosca. Um And it features our first ever black Disney princess. So Ooh. this was a real fucking game changer. Um, I mean, obviously by this point we had had Mulan. Mm-hmm. We'd had Pocahontas. Like they were kind of dipping a toe in dipping slightly toe, more diverse things. Really but we, not doing very well of it. No, not doing it great. And I really feel with this one, they, they did it justice and I fucking love the film. Um, it was an unexpected return to 2D animation after the flop... Of one of my favourites, and one of Tom's favourites too. <laughs> Home on the Range! Yay! <laughs> I love Home on the Range. Oh, God, I think yeah. it's great. And weirdly, when we look at the Instagram, it's fucking Home on the Range stuff that's going like bonkers. bonkers. Yeah, I know. I suppose, I suppose it's like, if that's your era of film, like I remember talking to my friend Lissy, and she was like, I love Home on the Range. But that was because yeah. when she was watching that when she was younger. Like that came out, but it's so marmite, isn't it? Because we were saying earlier when we've seen people talking about it in the comments sections on the um, on the Instagram and whole fucking rows, wars get started over this film. I know because someone go, ah, it's shit, and someone jump on them and be like, I love this film, it's my favorite, and my god, we've had to delete some comments. Um, But yeah, I 
I loved it, but this was a return. Um, so after saying that they were done with it after Home of the Range, because of course Home of the Range wasn't well received originally and mm-hmm. was the nail in the coffin for 2D animation at Disney. Um, when John Lasseter became the president and chief creative officer of Disney Animation Studios, he reinstated hand-drawn animation and he tracked down and rehired the animators that had all been laid off in 2003 when the studios were dissolved. I like that and we've seen this a couple of times where they've kind of taken people back when they've reopened things rather than getting in a new team. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of shows that whole kind of like Disney family thing that we see a lot like with voice actors and stuff as well. So yeah, yeah. I like that about the company in general. Um, and he also brought back Ron and John um, to direct the movie and also write it. And they were given complete choice over whether they wanted it to be CGI or 2D animation. Oh, really? And they personally chose 2D, 2D animation. animation. So I like that. So there was a lot of kind of artistic freedom yeah. with this film, which I think is something important. It is. And am I right in thinking we're going back to this now? So is Wish 2D animation? Is it? I haven't heard anything about that. Let me have a look. You keep going. Thanks, babes. Um, so the story was actually created by merging two projects together. They'd yes. already started going on the two different things. Um, there was, they were both pre- based on the, uh, the fairy tale, the Fog Prince. Yeah. Um, and one of them was based on the Frog Princess. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one was called The Spirit of New Orleans, a Pixar ghost story. So they were going to be the two separate things. And so obviously one was going to be a Pixar movie and one was going yeah, to be yeah. a Disney movie. And then they've gone shlum, mixed them together. And what I like is obviously Pixar stuff is all CGI. And this ended up being 2D. Amazing. We like. So, yeah, just to, as in, yes, Wish. Yeah. The art style of the film will combine traditional hand-drawn animation, Disney's original art style, with CG animation. Ooh. Okay, I knew nothing about that. Do you know what I haven't done? Look, is this an M fandom? Yeah, it is. Okay, I'm going to have a little read of that article later, because that looks good. When's it out? Is November it... the 22nd this year. Ooh. Yeah. We should go and see it. We should go and see it. The day we should do out. a proper, yeah, let's do a proper cinema. Yeah. That would be really good. Anyway, um, it's also the first Disney movie to include songs since the horrific horror that is Tarzan. <laughs> uh, I hate Tarzan so much. Maybe we should do Tarzan. I just, I mean, no. <laughs> I do you know what? I can't. I think I would be so scathing about it, wouldn't you? Normally, at least if it's a film like one of us doesn't like and the other one I does like, objective. it's alright. I'd be objective because... There are elements of it that I love. What? Like Glenn Close. Glenn Close. Glenn bloody Close is in Mrs. it. Mrs. Potts. No, she wasn't Potts. Mrs. Potts. No, Mrs. Potts is in it. Isn't she in Ship? Oh, yeah, 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 um, And, um... Mini Driver slapping him. <laughs> I do like... Uh, it? <laughs> I do like the animation. I think the animation is quite beautiful. But I also... I have got a bit of an affinity with it because I used to play the PlayStation game. But I hate Phil Collins. Yeah, I hate Phil Collins. Oh, I can't stand Phil Collins. Sasha loves a bit of Phil Collins. Really? I don't know which bit because I hate him. Anyway. Uh, It's also going back to the same format used for the Renaissance period. So people were actually singing. Yeah. As opposed to in Tarzan where it's just music going in the background, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one actually sings a song apart from Rosie O'Donnell does some weird doobity 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 And... The like almost like lullaby is sung by the mum gorilla. 
Yeah, I've blocked that all out of my mind. Yeah. It's horrific. Um, so, Ron and John decided to set the movie in America because so many of the uh, Disney classics are set in Europe, as we discussed last week. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really nice, actually. So there was no escapism. It's bringing it back home. Um, it was announced in 2006 under the title The Frog Princess. I with early concepts... Yeah, I know, right? Um, with early concepts and songs presented... Oh, my writing is fucking awful. Uh, to the public... <laughs> at the Walt Disney Company annual shareholders meeting. The original ideas were met with criticism, Thomas. Mm. And this is this is a whole thing. So this film, it had to be done right. It did, yeah. It really did. Um, Disney have basically fucked up so many times in the past, um, which is why we see all of these kind of disclaimers and warnings and stuff at the beginning of old movies now. Um, and in this kind of like woke time, we need to be aware of not fucking up. Yeah, 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 being sympathetic to everybody and needs and everything, you know, it's a thing. Um, so, certain elements and characters and settings were considered distasteful. So, for example, the title "The Frog Princess" was thought to be a slur on French people. Really? Yeah. This is all legit. I've looked it up. Oh my god. Yep. So yeah. it was really broken down with everything that could be offensive we're going to get rid of. So they got rid of that. Um, and it was changed to the Prince of the Frog. Um, Tiana was originally going to be called Maddie. And some African-American critics considered this too close to the derogatory term, Mammy. Um, yeah. So this is, it's all legit. And I totally, totally get all of it. Totally. Um, other things that were changed were, uh, Tiana was originally going to be a chambermaid. Good. That was a so good they got rid of that exactly. All of them are good changes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that she's a waitress, and there's kind of more on that later as well. But then but... that's the whole. That's the whole point. You know, a, a white team producing a film that not thinking about like think about the stereotypical views of black culture. Look, I had is... issue with prepping this episode yeah. because I didn't want to come across as someone who's trying to do something that I'm not qualified yeah, to yeah. do. You know, I'm. I haven't. Whereas lived now. This life. The, the production team for this will be yeah. from really important people within black culture. Like, yeah. it's not going to be John Musker and, I forgot the right right, Ron Clements. Yeah. However, they did their due diligence, and I really like that. I think they that. did. I um, think they did. And with their researching and stuff like that, which I kind of talk about in a minute. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, when was this? 2009, so we're 13 years ago. Things have progressed, mm-hmm. and things are different now, you know, and we know that, and I kind of love that a lot, actually. Um, where are we up to my notes? Yeah, so she was changed into a waitress. Um, her love interest was originally to be a non-black prince. So just a white guy. Right. Um, and people questioned also the setting of the film in New Orleans, because this was so soon after Hurricane Katrina. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Which was in 2005, and this was announced in 2006, so it was really close. And that resulted in the expulsion of a large number of mostly black residents um, from New Orleans. It was. I know, really horrific. Um, so they brought in Oprah as a technical consultant. I did not know that. I know, I kind of love this. And that led to her um, being given the role of Tiana's mother, Eudora. Oh, I didn't I even know that she played her mum. Do you know what? I didn't until I started um, doing the research. But while I did my rewatch, I always do that before I start um, researching. And you, yeah, you get her voice straight away, actually. Yeah. It's that kind of like familiar. I love Oprah's voice, really, because Oprah, sometimes I find it a little bit irritating. Is that controversial? Mm. I don't watch enough Oprah to... Yeah, she can be a little bit Tom Cruise about stuff. She can be a little bit over the top. 
Uh, anyway, as I was saying about the whole due diligence thing, Ron and John spent 10 days in Louisiana before starting to write the movie. And during this time, they met a lady called Leia Chase. Um, and she was a famed restaurateur known as the Queen of Creole Cuisine. She's fabulous. Mm. Um, she was also an advocate for not only Creole cooking, but also African-American art. Okay. Um, so she had a restaurant called Dookie Chase, and that became a gathering place in the 60s for many who took part in the civil rights movement. Um, in this restaurant, she had loads of this African-American artwork in there, and it was kind of seen as like a little museum as well. Love okay. it. Done a real look into her work, and it was great. Uh, in 2018, a year before Leia's death, it was named as one of the 40 most important restaurants of the past 40 years by Food & Wine magazine, which I love. And that's so amazing. she became the inspiration for Tiana. Incredible. So that's how it all became the whole waitress thing, and I love that. So, real lady. And she looked lovely. Um, the cast. Tiana was played... Right, if I fuck up these names, I am sorry. Pronunciation, as we know, is not our best thing. I'm going to give it a go, so if it's offensively fucked up, I am so sorry. Um, Anika Noni Rose. And she was named a Disney legend in 2011. Huh. Um, she reprised the role uh, in 2018 for Ralph Breaks the Internet. The Disney princess moment. I know, right? However, here's the thing. Uh, in the early images and trailers for Ralph Breaks the Internet, Tiana looked really different how she looked in the, yeah. in the final version of the film. She had lighter skin tone. She had a narrower nose and her features were more European looking. Really? Uh-huh. Which obviously led to backlash, of yeah, course, because yeah, yeah. you're kind of almost whitewashing the first black Disney princess, which is really fucked up. Um, so Disney contacted um, Anika Noni Rose, Anika Noni Rose, don't know which, sorry, um, and the advocacy group Colour of Change uh, to redesign Tiana so that the CGI version basically resembled the original 2D version of her. Amazing. As should be. And that's kind of a bizarre one anyway. Why would you change it? Um, especially that many years on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the direction the world's gone anyway. Um, and they did that in time for the second trailer. So basically, I'm sure the first trailer's out there. I didn't look for it, not going to lie. Um, but yeah, very, very different. And I do remember that at the time because I remember the backlash coming out. Um, she also reprised the role in 2014 in an episode of Sophia the First. Love it. Uh, she also did it in 2018 in two episodes of Disney Comics in Motion. I don't know what that is. I didn't look any further. Never heard of it. Sorry. Uh, the lovely thing is, is she's going to be reprising the role in the 2024 in a new Disney ride called Tiana's Bio-Adventure, which I'll talk a little bit about later, which is going to be replacing Splash Mountain. They're Rightly also so. doing, we talked last week about everything being a fucking remake and a reboot. They are doing a TV series um, about Tiana. Yes, I did hear about this. Not a lot out there about it. It just says it's going to um, follow her as she explores New Orleans. Um, I've got a little bit more about it later on that I'll talk to you about. But there's not a huge amount out there. It's not going to be out till 2024. And I know it's been pushed a couple of times from when it was originally meant to be released. Right, I okay. think it was meant to be 2022. And then it's kind of... So to me, I feel like that means they're going to get it right. Yeah, yeah. And that's why they pushed it. Um, Prince Naveen. He was played by Bruno Campos, who is a Brazilian-American mm. actor. Mm. Um... So this was an interesting story. He acted until 2011, um, where he voiced Naveen in the Xbox 360 game, Disneyland Adventures. And then he moved completely away from acting and voice acting and became a lawyer. Really? Yep. Totally. Um, so, and then he had a full career as a lawyer. And if you look on Wikipedia, it talks you through like the qualifications that he's got and everything. So 
totally done. However, uh, they're bringing him back for the uh, for the theme park oh, adventure. Yeah, which is nice. So I like that. I guess he's still going to be a lawyer and stuff, but coming back for that. Louis the Alligator. Michael Leon Woolley, and he voiced uh, King Oberlin in two episodes of Sophia the First. Have you ever watched Sophia the First? I haven't, known. I haven't either. I might have mentioned this before, but a uh, lovely client called Dolly, that I used to years ago, um, her little girl, when she first started talking, spoke in an American accent. Because of Sophia, because the, Sophia the First. Hilarious. <laughs> and she used to have to try and correct her. And she'd go in in the morning and go, good morning, darling. And this kid would go, morning, mommy. <laughs> she'd be like, no, you're British. Um, so yeah, I've never seen it. It's not my cup of tea. It's for teeny tiny yeah, tots. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I like the fact that he was in that. It's cute. Um, he also played uh, Cocoa Butter slash Louis Bell in AJ and the Queen. <laughs> Of course, it's that same person. I can hear the voice. I know, right? <laughs> oh Did you watch that? Oh my god, Age of the Queen is so bad. It was fucking atrocious. So bad. I wanted it to be good. I wanted it to be good. And I said to Martin the other day, shall we watch it again? No, because it is bad. It is bad. <clears throat> but I was like, is it so bad that you can watch it and laugh? Or is it so bad no. that you literally sit there like... And you cringe. Oh my god, I can't. RuPaul cannot act. No. At all. And so now, and I think, do you know what? I think it was after that that I kind of stopped watching Drag Race so much. Really? Because every time they did acting stuff and RuPaul critiqued it, I thought, shut up. Yeah, completely. You do not have the right to do that. Um, so Louis the Alligator was named Louis after Louis Armstrong. Oh, you said last said last week. I was going to be mentioning, mentioning him, him, didn't I? No. Uh, and he, he was a jazz singer. Um, and he was, and also... Did he play trumpet? I think he played trumpet. Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, and he's known for uh, songs like What a Wonderful World and We Have All the Time in the World. Ooh. Things about the world, yeah. mainly, but he's got a fabulous voice, really kind of husky and rich. Gorgeous. Um, I love that character as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the characters You're coming in this to my favourite so character. I know, and I fucking love him. And you know what? It was really emotional watching his story. Ray the Firefly. Oh my so God. Sad. It's so sad, but it's so, I think Liam kind of clicked. So Liam had watched this once before um, and he was doing the rewatch with me. And the second we saw Ray for the, for the first time, he went, oh God, he dies, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, he does. He does. <laughs> and I tried that to do really a, maybe he doesn't really die. <laughs> it's really fucking tragic. It's so sad, but it's beautiful. And it's this whole yeah. like Star-Crossed Lovers thing, isn't it? Um, so, Jim Cummings. Amazing Jim Cummings. Who we love and has been in many, many things. Just to kind of remind people, he has been Winnie the Pooh since 1988 and he's been Tigger since 1989. Um, he was in Chippendale Rescue Rangers as Fat Cat and Monterey Jack. And he was in Darkwing... He, no, he was Darkwing Queen Duck. Duck. Um, and also Car on Jungle Cubs, which was that cartoon that I really enjoyed. Yes. So cute. And it's still not on Disney+. Plus. still not on Disney+. Plus. Get it but, on Disney+. Plus. But is it one of those ones that is actually good, or do I remember it differently? I think it was actually really good. I think you can watch some of it on YouTube. It was only one season, wasn't there? I think so, yeah. I had it on VHS. Oh, it was great fun, great fun. So the other thing that I found out about him, which I thought was really interesting, was that, um, so he was um, he was Ed the Hyena mm. in The Lion King, but he did more than just that. So... I think I know what you're going to say. Oh, I know, I loved it. I didn't know this as well, and I loved it. So basically, during um, the recording of Be Prepared... Jeremy Irons started getting vocal problems. Yeah, yeah. And he couldn't continue. So Jim Cummings stepped in and basically replaced him on the remainder of the track. 
and you can't tell. No. And I love that. So you listen to be prepared. And He's an incredible voice actor. So good, isn't he? Um, but I thought that was brilliant. Um, so then there's a little um, dream sequence with Scar in it in Lion King 2. Mm-hmm. And he voices Scar in that. Oh. I know. Um, I thought that was cute. Uh, so he is also the first voice re- um, performer at Disney to reprise his... Ad- reprise? Reprise his animated character's voice in a live-action role. Because he did the live-action Winnie the Pooh, uh, Chris Robin. Oh, did he? Have you seen that? I haven't, no. I haven't either, and I didn't really have any interest in it. And then I read the little synopsis thing on Wikipedia, and I thought, actually, no, I'll give it a go. So when I McGregor. found out that he was... Oh, is it? Mm, Ewan McGregor. Oh, all right. Plays, like, the older Christopher Robin. Oh, my God, I feel like it's going to be really sad. Yeah, I think it is quite sad. Like, I'll give gro- it a go. He grows up. Oh, God. And forgets about them, I think, is the general story. Well, it, yeah, but then they go on a story to kind of... On a journey yeah. to get him back, don't they? Um, but yeah, I, it was when I saw that he was still doing the voice, I thought, no, I'll give it a go. So we'll watch it. Um, Big Daddy, who I actually really, and I love the whole stuff between him and Lottie. And I just think Lottie's, I mean, I haven't really talked about her because she didn't do anything other than Broadway, but she did loads of Broadway stuff. Who who was it? Someone, a lady. Don't know. You keep going. Um, anyway, Big Daddy's played by John Goodman, um, who's obviously Dan from Roseanne. And the Connors, but he also, as we know, played Pasha in The Emperor's New Groove and yeah. Sully in the Monsters franchise, including Monsters Inc., oh. Monsters University, and what is it? Monsters at Work or something? What's the TV series that neither of us have oh, watched? Oh, Sully Monsters. I've watched the majority of it. I'm actually, I think I've watched all have of you? it. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worth it or not really? Um, Yeah, I'd watch it. I, it's, Does it's it add cute. anything? Not really, no, but it I'm, is cute. But I'm good with that. Uh, and he was inducted uh, as a Disney legend in August. Uh, 2013. Ah. Which I love because I feel like that's, well, I feel like that's a legit one because he's done a shitload of stuff, you know? So, do it, babes. Not like Tim Allen. Um, Mama Odie, again, fucking love her character. She is awesome. She's bonkers and she's basically like a fairy godmother in this, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And she's played by Jennifer Lewis who I also fucking love. Jennifer Lewis is in so many movies and she always plays the same character. She plays people's mums. So she's actually known as the mother of Black Hollywood. I really? Yeah, and that is what she named her memoir that she released in 2017. So she also voiced Flo in the Cars movies and the Cars TV series. Oh, really? Yeah, which also made me think, yeah, I'll give give Cars a, a go. Um, and, and I haven't watched any of this, uh, the TV series for Big Hero 6, she plays a character called uh, Professor Granville. Okay. Have you watched it? No. See, I'm not really desperate to watch it, but I no. love Big Hero 6. I do love Big Hero 6. It's super fucking emotional though, isn't it? All the way through. Um, so, how much else do you know about Jennifer Lewis? Do you know anything about her? No, I don't. Okay, so she has a, she has a famous in certain circles housemate. Okay. Shangela. Oh, really? Yeah. So basically, Shangela, for people that don't watch Drag Race, Shangela is a drag queen that's been on various seasons of Drag Race, like two seasons of the normal one, and then has she done two seasons of All Stars, maybe? She's around a lot, anyway. She's done done at least one series of All Stars, Um, which she should have won. I know, I find her really fucking funny. Um, Anyway, so basically... She she was on Glee as well. Shangela? Yeah. No. One episode of Glee, so when they're in New York and it's the um, Thanksgiving um, episode and they sing, or Christmas, whichever one, and um, she sings Turkey Lurkey Time, 
and like mix it with another song <laughs> in um, in their apartment. Have you seen another little sidebar? Have you seen Hurricane Bianca? I've seen one of them, the first That's one. So funny! They're making a third. Oh really? There was a very Bianca. low budget and weird, but yeah. I know, but I liked it because it was low budget and weird, and it works. It's like a proper little draggy B movie, and I've got yeah. loads of them on Do Voodoo. Um, anyway, so Shangela basically has lived in her basement of her pool house for the past decade. I know, I love it. And they actually had in 2012 a little um, uh, little web series. Really? Watch. Yeah, I know. It's cute, isn't it? So Lottie, the yeah. played Lottie, uh, Jennifer Cody, yeah. has been in shitloads so of Broadway. Broadway. So much Broadway. Like, and also one that really fucking excites me. She was in like one of my favourite all-time time musicals that bombed. Am I going to know about this musical? Taboo. The Boy George Yes! Musical. Oh, I do, really? Oh, like, it I've was, never seen it. Was it became it a bit good? of a running joke on Broadway because Rosie O'Donnell produced it and she um, produ- she put pumped all her own money into it and was like, I want it to look like this because it's my money, you're going to do it like this. And the show just lost its way. Um, yeah, but the, wow. the London production was incredible. Really? So good. My very last year went to the 20th anniversary of the show. Amazing. And like, and had loads of the original cast and everything. Oh. And it was just amazing. But yeah, she was in the original Broadway production of it. She was also, um, she was the Shoemaker's Elf and other characters in Shrek the Musical. Yeah. Um, she was in, oh, really lovely, a really great musical. She was in Wild Party. Actually, you know Wild Party. Shrek the Musical, I don't ever, ever, ever want to watch. It's so good. It's really, really funny. It's really, really funny. Yeah, really, honestly. I just think Amanda Holden. Oh, she was terrible. Like, I can't even explain how awful she oh, was. Although Kimberly from Girls Aloud. I saw her in it. Did you? She was awful. Oh, but Both of them were terrible. Both of them were awful. Amanda Holden, I can't stand. I Thank you. Uh, someone else. <laughs> I feel like I found someone else who got just to understand. <laughs> She's I fucking awful. I hate her. Like, I've never hated a celebrity. I hate Amanda oh, you Holden. know I hate some celebs. She she's in the Elaine Page category for me. I of just smug people that just shouldn't be. You've got no right to be Amanda. Just, I saw her in Thoroughly Modern Millie years ago. And was ago. she thoroughly awful? She was thoroughly awful. She can't. So she, I'll probably get in trouble with this. But basically, she someone once told me, and I could be wrong, and that's why I'm going to say this is like hearsay, allegedly. not flat facts. Allegedly, I got told she got went to Mountview Drum School and. She quit after a year, but then she put in her bio, I went to Mountview Drum School, <laughs> um, and then she can't tap for the, her life. Like She can't or, do anything. So, Thurry Modern Millie is a tapping musical, so she <laughs> she was like this, this bit where she's supposed to be like tapping on the desks. So yeah, 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 yeah. She literally was sat down, tapping underneath her legs, like, underneath the desk, while everyone else tapped around her. It She's was... one of those jack of all trades, master of none. Do you know oh, who else goodness. can't stand Amanda Holden? Who? Rita Zeta Jones. Oh, from Round to Rita. Love her. She puts up so many fucking things. Like I think when Amanda Holden released an album, she just put up this scathing post about on the story. I thought it was fucking hilarious. I've never like it sounds awful, but she just she I just get so riled whenever I see her. Like I'm like I have to turn the television off. I can't deal with her. Like, I just, I just find her unbearable. I'm just going to inundate you with videos of Amanda Holden now, <laughs> just to watch your reaction. On the point of Rita Zeta Jones, like, I think we should definitely... A hundred percent. So go. she's doing 
um, sing-along nights at the, the theatre cafe. Which is somewhere they used to work, is that yeah, right? Well, I used to work for the company that owned Theatre Cafe. I used to sell tickets for rakes for London Theatre Bookings. And they own the Theatre Cafe, or they did own Theatre Cafe. But yeah, she, um, yeah, she's doing a residency there It looks month. so good. Have you watched any of the videos on Instagram? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking so, love it. So it's all sing-along shit and stuff, we but did, she's so funny. I did the... Um, Randa Rita's like musicals. The Saturday matinee. Saturday yeah. matinees in lockdown. They were so much fun. When you did that song from Chicago, what's it called? Um, uh, Bay Reach for the Gun. Yeah, when you're basically singing the words The Gun about a bazillion times yeah. at really specific intervals. <laughs> oh my god, I think I held my breath. It was really hard. I practiced so much, but it was so good. It was perfect. I loved it. And the fact that I had a ventriloquist doll as well. Oh my god, you did. Oh, that was. I think I've still got videos of it. Um, that was one of those things that kind of saved us in lockdown, wasn't it? Yeah, completely. Kind of looked forward to the Saturday matinees every weekend because it was like, I what did we something. do? Like, did Chicago, uh, Lion, Lion King, King. I was Timon you, Appenbach. I know. Um, what other ones were there? Uh, Greece was, was one. I was guest on in Beauty and the Beast. Were you? That was the first oh, one I did. Yes. Oh my that god. That was I so love much it. fun. I did enjoy doing it. That's one of those things that, like, if anything were to ever come back, another one of those, please, would be... Yes. Fucking definitely. stunning. Um, but yeah, we should absolutely go to that, and other people should go to it as well, because it looks fucking stunning. It's every month. March, um, the next one's March, March the 24th. 24th. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone Yoss. should go. We will try and make it. If not, we'll get there for April. Um, I digress. Dr. Facilier uh, is played by Keith David, just jumping back in there. <laughs> um, so also... This is that whole thing of um, trying to uh, draw them and animate them as the actual mm-hmm, actor. Mm-hmm. And the actor's got a little gap in his front teeth. Oh, really? So I like Amazing. that. I thought that was a cute little touch. So, I love this. He played Goliath on Gargoyles. Really? I need to get back into Gargoyles. Because oh, when I watched that episode, or the first two episodes, didn't I, when we were doing yeah. the Disney Afternoon episode, it's so good. It's so good. It's so Does it end on a cliffhanger? I can't remember. I, I haven't watched of it. It's a lot to watch, but I do. I watched all of it as a child. It's brilliant anyway. I'm very emotional, so I'm totally up for that. Um, I want to talk to you about the upcoming theme park ride, Thomas. Oh! Under this section entitled Upcoming Theme Park oh, Ride. Right. Um, so, in June 2020, it was announced that Splash Mountain, based on a disowned Disney movie, Song of the South, mm-hmm. would be rethemed to The Princess and the Frog. Can I just say... When this this ride was like put in late eighties, early nineties, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Are you going to talk about this? That it's just a bit all yeah. weird. So my issue with this: why was it still there anyway under that theme? What's going on? Why was it built under that theme Ever. anyway? Like because... the whole thing. So Song of the South. Disney have disowned it anyway, haven't they? Yeah. They've said they won't ever show it again. It's done and dusted. It's a really problematic movie. It was a Michael Eisner idea, I think. Really? I think it was mainly based around the zippity doos our song, which mm. has become like a a song that Disney love. Yeah. But has and what is quite good about that song is that it has been reused. Have you so, watched Song of the South before? I've watched some of it. I've not watched it all the way so, through. I've watched it because I'm I'm of that era. Yeah. So as a kid, that was completely acceptable, and it was just to me, it was just a nice story. What's awful in, in the UK? Mm. It was actually kept on release all the way through the 90s. Yeah, no, I have it on VHS. Because I remember watching videos in the 90s yeah. and there being an advert for a re-release of Song of the South. Yeah. Like... Fucked up, isn't it? 
ridiculous. It's really, it's like no one clicked that actually this is wholly inappropriate. Um, I think because of the way it's kind of sold is as these little vignette moral stories mm. um, featuring Brer Rabbit. And actually, they're not. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's, it's very, 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 very wrong. So yeah, it just, it needed to go a long, long time ago. So it's kind of shocking that it's only happening now. Um, so basically it's been in development since 2019 that they've been changing it again yeah, fucking yeah. crazy however they announced it uh, in 2020 because of uh, I remember it being during, during lockdown yeah it was during the uh, ongoing George Floyd protests and online petitions to change the theme of Smash Mountain so it took all of that for them to to do something get their asses into gear and actually do it it's fucking crazy and it's taken this long for them to think oh okay how can we kind of do it. Well, how can they get that kind of retribution, I guess, isn't it? It's like, right, let's flip it mm. completely and we'll go with the the princess and the frog and we'll take Tiana and we'll go on an adventure. I mean, what I've also found, there's so many fans of, the, of Splash Mountain that are now like, but we're going to miss the ride and it's just like, guys, come on. Yeah. But then you're always going to get that, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. But seriously, yes, it's going to have some fond memories, but... But Sometimes. as we've said before, there are so many things, like I've just said about Song of the South, there are, there are times when you have a fond memory that then when you revisit it, you think, I, do you know what? Right. No, now as an adult and looking back, that's, that's not as was yeah, and not yeah. how it should be either. Um, so, there is a storyline. And okay. I love that, okay? So the storyline uh, takes place after the movie and basically it's her hosting a party during carnival. Um, and she suddenly realises that one of the key ingredients is missing. And so okay. you basically, you go on a journey with her to the bayou to help locate it with her and Louis the Alligator. So your favourite. Uh... Which is gorgeous, isn't it? So it's going to be called um, Tiana's Bayou Adventure. It's going to open in late 2024. And also various cast members are returning. Good. To um, reprise their roles. So like I said, um, uh, Prince Naveen is going to be there. Jennifer Lewis um, is returning yeah. to, to voice stuff as well. I would have thought basically everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. that's done it will be back, which is gorgeous. Um, the soundtrack. So, here's the thing. I'd forgotten a lot about the soundtrack. You know, you've got the songs and stuff and it never clicked. It's fucking Randy Newman. Yeah. Of course it is. Because yeah. as I was singing along, I was thinking, this could be in Toy Story. Then, yeah, literally. The <laughs> beginning bit, there's like um, a few chords at the beginning. Yeah. I'm like, this is Toy this Story. This is Toy Story. It's actually Toy Story, yeah. isn't it? I know. Um, so, yeah. So, basically, originally it was going to be Alan Menken. Okay. Right, okay. So... I get why they changed it, but also I can see why they originally went with Alan Menken. Because of course they were going back to that style of the Renaissance period, yeah, right? Yeah, so it's yeah, like, yeah. well, obviously you're going to go back to Alan Menken, you're going to make it all fairy tale, fairy tale, it's going to be but all swirling strings, it's going right. to be absolutely not right. Absolutely not right. Yeah, yeah. So they go for Randy. Um, so basically, John Lester wanted to move away from that style because he didn't want it to be repetitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, personally, I think it's because. They needed it to not be that style for this particular film. Um, also, Alan Menken had just done Enchanted in 2007, yeah, so he yeah, thought yeah, it was yeah, too yeah. close to that. Um, so, replacing with Randy Newman, uh, who, as we said, scored the Toy Story franchise. Um, and he's a jazz composer. And Bugs Life. And Bugs Life, yeah! We should do that. Yeah. Um, he's a jazz composer, and he also grew up in New Orleans. So, basically, he's okay. the perfect choice for it, you know? It kind of yeah, brings yeah. it all back to there and brings it all back home, doesn't it? Um, there are Easter eggs, and I love that because we've had so many films recently that haven't had any Easter eggs because they were too old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, when I was looking through, like, Snow White and stuff, and, of course, there's nothing. It was the first one. Uh, and then Cinderella and stuff. So, 
right at the very beginning, you've got the magic carpet from Aladdin. Yes. In the opening sequence. Being like Being dusty. shaken out of a window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. love that one. Um, dig a little deeper. Mama, uh, Mama Odie is throwing things out of this old chest. Uh, and some of them are shells that are meant to like represent the little mermaids. There's a couple of little mermaid okay. things in this. Uh, throwbacks. And also the lamp from Aladdin's in there. Amazing. So I love that one. Uh, another Little Mermaid one. Uh, oh, there are two more Little Mermaid ones. There's this one, which is um, King Triton appears as a float in the yeah. Love that. There's also in the audience um, a lady uh, who's got the the shell bikini top oh, that okay. wears, basically, which is cute. Um, mentioned this one in our 2022 Halloween mm-hmm. special episode, Nightmare mm-hmm. Before Christmas. Um, when... Dr. Facilio is there and he's got all of his shadowy mates yeah, in the background yeah. floating around the place. Jack Skellington's there. Amazing. So obviously one of my favourites. And for those of you that haven't listened to our Halloween episode, The Nightmare Before Christmas, it doesn't have to be Halloween to listen was to it. Christmas? it. It's, was it a Christmas one? I think it was a Christmas episode, wasn't it? No. Um, no, Christmas. no, it was Halloween. Christmas was... Um... Keep going. Nobody did Hocus Pocus 2 for Halloween. Yeah, I think it was... We... It was a Christmas episode, yeah. Yeah. Just before Santa Claus. Anyway, what I'm saying, it yeah, doesn't it was, need to yeah. be Christmas or Halloween to listen to that episode. Go and listen to it because it's great and it has a special guest. Um, this is cute and I didn't know this. Um, Bambi and Feline are at um, Tiana and Naveen's wedding. Oh, I know. How cute is that's that? That's cute. Uh, also, there's a scene where there are three girls on a bank- balcony and they are dressed in pink, blue and green as a nod to Flora, Fauna and Merryweather that's cute. from Sleeping Beauty. It is cute, actually, and they That's do that cute. a few times, actually, in various Disney movies. Um, this was an interesting one. So, when you're looking at the timeline of when things have been made, obviously it takes years to produce these movies. Yeah, They've yeah. Got pre-production, production, and then post-production, yeah. so it's taking a really fucking long time. At the beginning of the film, there is a scene where you can see a doll on Charlotte's shelf in her bedroom, and that's Merida. Oh. And of course, that didn't come out until uh, 2011. Bit, something like that, yeah. So I think it was two years later. Um, so they were obviously working on Brave already. Amazing. And I like that because you see that a couple of times in the movies too, don't you? I've got a few facts. Go for it. Just randomly to finish us off, so to speak, at the end. So <laughs> this is the first Disney movie since Beauty and the Beast where all of the actors not only do their speaking parts, but they also do their singing and as we talked last week about so many times Disney have had voice actors and then and they scenes. just nipped in some singers as well. Yeah, yeah. So I love that and it's great. And it shows and you can tell like we said in the 101 Dalmatians with Roger. Yeah. It's a fucking totally different voice, voice for the singing. He drops it about 14 octaves. Um, so Ray, we talked about him earlier and we love Ray and his whole story is just so fucking tragic from the beginning, isn't it? Yeah. He's in love with a star that he thinks is another firefly. I know it's and so he calls sad. her Evangeline it's stunning so basically Evangeline is actually the planet Venus Aww. and of course Venus is named after the Roman it. goddess of love. love so that just works together with Ray doesn't it it's just really cute there are a lot of cute things in this movie um, so this was an interesting one Dr. Vassilier is the only character in the movie to refer to himself as his name oh really and I've never noticed that this is what I love about when we do the kind of like the fact finding afterwards and then kind of re-watching shit um, everyone else just calls him the Shadow Man. So that's cool. I liked that. So it's yeah, like everyone yeah. else is basically saying that he is the antagonist throughout the entire thing, but he's like just humanising himself a little bit by being like, I'm just a No, dark in it. 
Um, I kind of love him as a character. He's a proper villain. He's a good villain. It's nice to go back to a yeah, proper a Disney real villain. villain. I know. He's spiky and, you know, yeah. I love the way he's animated. I love that all and the back animation to the purple. in this. Back to the Disney evil purple. Yeah, evil purple and, and then green magic. Yeah. All of his magic is green. And all of the magic scenes I fucking loved in this as well. All yeah, the voodoo yeah, yeah, shit yeah. going on. It was just stunning. Um, what's this one? Oh, yeah, there's a couple of little sound clips and stuff like that. So, basically, in the party scene, at the beginning of the movie... The sound of the birds is, uh, yeah, the sound of the birds are the same as the sound of the birds at the wedding of Eric and Vanessa in really... The Little Mermaid. It's really <laughs> random really shit. Weird. There are so many nods to The Little Mermaid in this. So also, um, there are some flamingos. Yes. Um, and they are exactly the same. So, you know, we talked about them, like reusing animation yeah. and stuff like that. So there are some fling- flamingos that are from um, Kiss the Girl. And they the do look like, I thought I recognised them. And it's exactly the same cells and animation used yeah. in this from that. Which is, so this is the thing, it's like it started off as being lazy animation and now it's kind of a nice at least dragon and a nod. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm down with that. Um, this was really cute because normally this is all in the Pixar stuff, but the streetcar that Tiana takes to work is numbered A113. And as we know, what is A113, Thomas? It's something to do with the number of the... It's the room. Room, yeah, yeah, yeah. That the production team worked in for the all of the Pixar. Something like that. It? Yeah, basically. Like like the, Monsters, the, Inc. So it's basically featured in all of these the movies somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, Prince Naveen. This was an interesting one. You never really know that much about his heritage. Mm. It? Okay, so obviously we know exactly where the film is set and we know about the heritage of all the main characters apart from him. Um, so, Naveen is actually an Indian name. And it means new, yes. okay, which suggests that Moldonia uh, is a Eurasian country. However, the name Moldonia is a mixture of Malta and Macedonia yeah. that they just made up. Um, actually, it was going to be called something else. Can't remember what it was, but it was another weird kind of like portmanteau of two different ones. Um, during the Down in New Orleans montage. Uh, the newspaper mentions in print that Maldonia cannot be found on any map. And that's basically a nod to the audience that it's a made-up place. I thought okay. it was quite cute, because obviously it's not yeah, meant yeah. to be certainly a made-up place. Um, so as we said, it was a moderate success mm-hmm. when it was released at the box office. What I like is that it was ended up being the ninth best-selling DVD of 2010. Good. So that kind of made up for that kind of lack of mega box office success. And also what I really like is it's 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's still loved, that kind of still continues on. That's me did, babes. Amazing. It's a gorgeous film. It is a gorgeous film. I like it, and actually I would rewatch it again after doing my I research. Did, I have what, half watched it earlier on. It is a film I've watched quite a bit. Um, I watched it while I was um, pottering around the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the music is just so stunning in it. And I think it was just, it was nice to go back to traditional Disney. Yeah. And I just wish we'd got a little bit more of it. Yeah, me too. Well, let's hope with Wish and stuff like that we um we, we get start some... to see appreciation of two D animation again because I think, you know, we're looking at not just Disney; it's it's now Ghibli, as well. That fucking terrifies me. We've, we've touched on that before, and I don't I ever want to see CGI di- um, Ghibli because that's no angry looking. It angry was looking. weird. Um, I love obviously that we got we got our first. Um, Black Disney Princess that is such a huge kind of milestone um, obviously we've moved on and we've got all sorts of countries being covered yeah. and various different princesses now um, but I think for me my my, um, my cousin's kids are all um, multi-heritage dual yeah. heritage um, so 
for Kiki, my little teeny tiny one, who is three, for her to watch a film and to be able to see a character that she can relate to. She's got, this, she's got this princess that she can think, I could be, you know, all little girls dream of being a princess. Well, we talked about this in the last episode, like, for both of us, it was like having a gay protagonist yeah. in A Strange World. Yeah. We were hoping for so much more from that film. So but much more. Maybe this is a step going there as well. And it's just I, that you, you know, that representation is important for anyone. And I think... Inclusion is such a big thing. I can remember being a teeny tiny little weirdo queer kid and just feeling so lost and not seeing anyone in anything that I could relate to, you know? And this is exactly the same thing. Mm. And it's like they're finally starting to do this. So that little kids can be like, oh, that's what's so for me. The trailer of Little Little Mermaid. Yeah, I love that. And being like, she's adorable. She's the same the same and that's so important I think for me I always felt different weird not accepted mm. not right yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean because everything that's being presented to us it's is not... like no this is right this is yeah. what you should have all princesses should be basic white ladies Eurasian and yeah. yeah you know and it's like no it is important so important so yeah so I hope I did this film justice and it was incredibly important start and turning point I think for Disney as well because I think it's it's not been completely great but or very positive since they're getting film. there yeah they're getting there and I think it is very much you know Disney is stuck in this place where especially with the gay stuff they you, we can see it they're a business they need to make money yeah yeah okay so you've got this weird kind of like toss up between do we actually do what we know is right Mm. And accept everyone and represent everyone and be diverse and have gay characters and have non-binary characters and have trans characters and just everyone in the world so that everyone can enjoy it. And then know that there are various international markets that will just Just, wipe it, gone, and won't release it. And then, you know, they're going to lose all of that money. And as we know, Disney are in financial straits currently anyway. But then let's think about, like, lots of film companies aren't releasing films in Russia currently yeah and lots of things aren't being released in Russia so you sort of go that's one element that they can't control at all so actually let's go for it let's just be like um but let's just have like whatever we can produce and make it yeah. inclusive for everyone at this current point because actually they can't control what's going on over there so yeah. um so yeah, maybe this is the positive point that actually these companies should be countries that are not accepting of diverse casting, do, do, you know, um, casting queer characters. Yeah, is not if they can't if countries not do it, they just need to say, well, we're not releasing in your country. Yeah, done. I would love that. I would love that. Um, right. So, you know what I'm going to ask you? <laughs> it's my film, but I can't remember which one is next. So here's the problem. I fucking can't remember either. What are we doing next week? Jesus. We're not doing Jesus. Have you next got the list you got the list there? No, that was a different list. That was my list of things that I was gonna Stay bring there. to the table. Stay there. Stay there. Please. So as we know, Thomas and I are always super fucking organised. Um and we know exactly what we're doing from week to week. As we've also said, we're both very fucking tired at the moment. Um so although we have prepped out the entire season 
We don't know our friend. Tom, right, what are we doing next week? I've got the list. I've got the list. So we're on... <laughs> this is the third episode. Fourth episode. Ooh, that's exciting. What are we doing? So the next one... Give me a clue. I'm going to give you a clue. It's Under the Sea. And... Um, <laughs> Oh! Oh! And, um, and it's it not the little mermaid. Swimming. Oh my god, it's Finding Nemo. It's Finding Nemo. Yay! Oh my god, I love, love that Finding movie. Love Finding Nemo. Love, love, love. love Do you know Nemo. what I love about where we've done, what we've done with the kind of films that we've chosen for this season so far, and as we've already said to each other sneakily, probably going to be more than we've actually prepped out. Yeah. Is we've chosen stuff we really love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every single movie we've chosen, we've got really excited about, haven't we? And they've been really varied, so I really hope... I am excited about Everyone else sticks with us for this journey. Yay! Very Right. We will see you next week. Thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye. What films are you desperate for us to cover? Do you have any Disney facts you would like to impart with us? If so, email us at disneyerdpod at gmail.com or you can follow us on Instagram at Disney underscore nerd underscore podcast and search for us on Facebook at We'll Make a Disney Out of You. And don't forget to hit subscribe and give us your five-star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcasts.